0: now I, I, you're extreme i am extreme it's all shit uh, uh, this shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. this shit is trump T R U M P A N A N A S. what i don't know i don't even know hey everybody welcome to dumb gay pandemic politics i'm julie and i'm brandy and this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics like we're talking about reality tv
2: Merry Christmukkah and happy <laughs> Hanukkah. Hmm. You know what? Actual Hanukkah has started. Yes. It's underway. Underway. Christmas is 10 days away. Wow. Um, and now, this is obviously not the year for frivolous gifts or spending. Right. And I'm going to happily not do it. Me too. But is there anything that you would want if Jewish Santa were real?
0: <sighs> oh, if Jewish Santa will realize, <laughs> all I want, all I want for Chrismaka and Hanimas
2: yes, is for me? people to join oh. the Patreon. Oh. <laughs> all I <laughs> want Wonder for Christmas is for people to join the Patreon <laughs> and you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, well you have me and look how far that's gotten you. Yeah. <laughs> Now, that's a nice, that's a nice, I want that too. I want people to join the Patreon mm-hmm. for Christmas. That's all we want. We want to just, we want to hang out with our 14 listeners, mm-hmm. have us all be together in this trying, scary time. How
0: great was it having the interaction of our new theme, hearing all that?
2: That's right. We have one Patreon that's a dollar and it's an hour long episode. And mm-hmm. then we offer a bonus Patreon. We do them each week. So if you want, you can sign up $1 for one Patreon a week, $2 for two Patreons a week. Mm-hmm. On our last bonus podcast, we discussed our theme right. for 2021. Yep. We put all of our heart and feelings on the table. We sure did. And sure Mammal came up with the theme, which is... Well, we did. Which is what? The
0: theme of 2021
2: is... Tell our past themes.
0: We've had scrunchy 19 yep. which was due to Scrunchies being lucky. Yep, we also had money 20 which
2: that's right <laughs>
0: we only got two more weeks oh, left of money 20 Money 20 and in 2021 we have decided the theme for this upcoming year is forever 21.
2: It was Meow brainchild I was so super on board and then our Patreon subscribers took a vote, and they liked they it. They liked it, and they Forever 21, it real. forever fucking 21. We are almost there, we're <laughs> yeah. so close. If you wanna give Mammao out her, her Christmas gift early, <laughs> join the Patreon, and you just go to www.patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, slash dumbgaypolitics, you can sign up right there. And we really want to urge anyone who, you know, if you're not political, you don't like hearing about politics, you're just sort of dancing in and out of this podcast. Maybe you only listen to this part. Maybe you love hearing us just talk about Um, Our Patreon podcast (laughs) And picture gift cards From our listeners Hmm. Then you know Maybe you leave after this Because you don't want to hear us Fucking blather on about politics You Mm -hmm. should join the Patreon That's what that's there for We have a full Patreon Where we don't talk any politics
0: At all We talk stories We talk storytelling We talk poetry We talk songs (laughs) We We talk TV shows Theater, music,
2: um, all of the arts, all really? of the
0: arts, cultural get-togethers, <laughs> societies, meetings
2: of the minds, right? Secret societies, mm, secret societies, Treasures. conspiracy theories, yeah.
0: Um, digging for gold, right? Uh, Literally, we treasure, about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: mysteries, ghosts,
0: decorations, design,
2: true crime, knights
0: of the Templar, how
2: to take care of your skin, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi, <laughs> fantasy, yep, Lord of the Rings, aloe vera
2: gel, oh. And <laughs> you know what? You won't hear mm. Dr. Fauci. Mm-mm. You know, nope. you won't hear that.
0: Dr. Birx. Trump.
2: It's no politics. We really, really, really want to see you guys over there. Mm-hmm. It's just a different vibe. Different vibe. It's just different vibe. Hanging guys. out. Just hey guys, how are you?
0: If you want to hear some different voices and whatever else, you know, some d- d- new vibes, <laughs> you go over there. There's not uh, if you like a mediocre acting and sort of halfway voices.
2: Yeah, come on over. <laughs> exactly. Not prepared. Hot nope. mess. All hot of the above. Mess. Now speaking of the Patreon, yeah, two of our um, very special lady lovers from the Patreon, Quinn and Jimena. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are stars. They are so supportive. Mm-hmm. We just recently, on a recent episode, we did a little bit of a deep dive into "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Simply by accident, it wasn't planned, as nothing ever is. We've talked about "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" many times. It's close to our hearts. And Quinn and Jimena sent us a burned CD. Of the girls just want to have fun soundtrack, <sighs> which is not fucking available on iTunes, not available on Spotify, Whoa. only available for purchase. They burned a CD and said, "Hope you've got a CD player laying around." And turns out Quinn and Ximena we do because <laughs> Mammao is um, like a man, and she's got a <laughs> portable one that plugs into oh the computer, my God. right?
0: Yeah, I do, and
2: I am so excited. They gave us each one. Oh, we both have our own. I do not have a CD player laying around, so MadMail is going to import these and immediately email them to me. In addition to that soundtrack burn CD, which it was worth it just to see a burn CD. Oh my
0: God, that's amazing. Very sexy, it's like yes. we're all high school girlfriends. Oh my God. Uh, Dear Julie and Brandy, Here's hoping you still have a CD player somewhere. We love you both so much and couldn't help but make you a CD after the last Patreon. Brandy said, if I can fly came on at a funeral, I swear to God, I'd be dancing on the pews. Quinn and Jimena. Well,
2: uh, I can fly. It's in the famous montage. There it is. It's the in the famous montage. And it's girls just want to have fun. Anyway. I also like on the loose, on, on the, loose. the loose, feeling mm, so wild mm, and free. Mm, mm, There's so many oh good ones. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. And in that little card is a sticker that says, you're ugly and that's sad. (laughs) And I love it, you guys. It's the cutest little pink bunny who has a tear coming down and it says, you're ugly and that's sad. And if I don't get a stack of these goddamn stickers, (laughs) I think that is so fucking cute. That is cute. It's adorable. And they sent us, they're the queens of sending us Ursa Major products. If you don't know Ursa Major, they are incredible like toiletries, we—they have been sending us their makeup removal wipes and travel, yeah, like the travel. Oh, so
0: nice! Yeah, like.
2: totally above and beyond. It was expensive and also thoughtful. Ugh. It was hi, it was high low, high low. A burned CD mm. with some baller face wipes. You, what so else nice. could you couldn't ask for? You anything can't more. ask for anything more. Love them. Now Matt Dixon, mm-hmm. who is extremely original, fourteen ma Finally sent us his picture, though we know what he looks like Because he's been around for so long But now we have him <laughs> for the board He sent us a nice letter
0: Dearest Julian Brandy I figured it was time as one of your original listeners That I send you a photo for your drug den I have been a long time fan Ever since I heard your story of going to Mexico To buy supplies Drugs. And then driving back to the U.S. for a callback But not having time to stop and pee So little time that Brandy had to pee in a bottle in the back seat while Julie drove. Of course, hilarity ensues since it's near impossible for a woman to pee in a bottle with such a small opening top.
2: I peed all over the car. (laughs) It was a rental car.
0: I'm obsessed to listening to these old episodes and cracking up as it has been many years since I heard them. I subscribe to your Patreon now as well as I can keep up with the shenanigans, which is mostly IBS talk, LOL. (laughs) I'm Canadian so I do not really have any personal interest in what goes on in the US so when I was watching the election results I couldn't help but think how happy you guys would be when Biden took the crown now let's kick the orange asshole out of the White House so everyone can go back to normal or as normal as things can be with Corona around I have included a picture of me and my son Winston I'll probably never have kids so he's the next best thing or maybe even a better thing who knows I'm (laughs) wearing my sunglasses in tribute to you Brandy because I'm sure you wouldn't have it any other way Keep up the laughs and great work that you do. Stay safe, love, Matt. Mm-hmm.
2: Matt, you look extremely handsome in yep. your shades. Winston is obviously sexy beast <laughs> I mean, and just giving very it. cute. Also, do you think that someday
0: that everyone with pets in the in the DGP family will get together? I imagine that too. You know, a lot of people have talked about getting together, like in different communities or whatever. Yeah, You listen? I'd so love to be dog, like one big dog dog run, and then mm-hmm. it's like
2: all the animals there. Mm-hmm. So then we've got. Daniel in the business with all oh the, my ferrets. God, the ferrets The ferrets <laughs> The ferrets. Yes. Be so good. And then bring the babies too. We can just throw them with the animals. That's the perfect place for babies. Yeah, that's perfect. I hope so. You know, mm-hmm. someday post-COVID mm-hmm. in like 20 years from now. <laughs> and last but not least, Memel, Aaron Cordova is the one who sent us the car air fresheners last week. Mm-hmm. I was mean and said, "Where's your fucking picture, Aaron? Don't send gifts over here without a picture." Mm-hmm. Little did I know, his picture was waiting for us <laughs> in our mailbox. I opened the mailbox. I pulled this out.
0: Okay.
2: It's a picture, it's a picture of a handsome guy. Uh-huh. It's big. It's a big postcard. Yeah. Which we like for the drug den bulletin board. Yeah. And Sean Mendez. I pulled the postcard out of the, out of our mailbox and was like, "Is Sean Mendez one of the 14?" <laughs> uh, that's just
0: incredible. So wait a minute. I thought this Picture was of Aaron Cordova and his boyfriend.
2: Well, let's hope so. But uh, if it is, then Sean Mendez is his boyfriend. So read the back of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, oh. I was skipped to my looing through the the post office store. I was like, apparently, I'm for celebrities, and Sean Mendez <laughs> loves our <laughs> podcast. He wants to be on the bulletin board. He just can't handle it. So he sent this picture.
0: Oh my God. Hi, Brandy and Julie. Cheers to four fun years of podcasting in the snow globe of BS that our world has become. Uh, I met you at your live podcast in LA where I gave you some Chick fil A vouchers and you sat me next to Johnny McGovern.
2: Slow clap for you, Aaron. Thank you. We exactly remember those Mm -hmm. Chick fil A cards. Mm -hmm. We've always wondered. Mm. Where those came from like now we know We will never forget you and Obviously your boyfriend Sean Mendez <laughs> And our car air fresheners and our Chick-fil-A's I
0: now work For Chase Bank sold out Twice and I'll do it again for the highest bidder yes, Go honey. make that money do it. And I've been working with the public during The entire pandemic while many of my friends Collected fat unemployment checks and Worked on their tans certainly not bitter Thanks for all your hard work on the regular Weed podcast as well as the Patreons I don't really watch TV and my sources of joy Used to be going to concerts and the gym Both of which are unavailable due to Curvered (laughs) (laughs) curvered. (laughs) Curved. I've I've drawn so much from you both Such as having an imaginary Julie On my shoulder coaching me to not let anyone Fuck with me from Brandy, I applied her system of dealing with celebs in the wild, which I put into practice when I ignored Angelina Jolie at a party last year and dodged her eye contact. And when I sat next to Jesse Metcalf on a plane and gave one word answers to his stupid questions. Wow. Here's a picture of two gay icons, me and Sean Mendes. <laughs> and for the record, I only talked to him because he was checking me out allegedly love you 100 aaron cordova oh my god
2: now we have a big-ass picture of sexy aaron and sexy sean sean mendez is gonna be on our fucking bulletin Uh. board and i have to say aaron avoiding eye contact with angelina jolie is the new tiny hat for forever 21 okay (laughs) like that is so baller i feel like
0: that's all you that's the what one needs to do oh well
2: he and he took that advice from me Mm. And it's incredible. And everybody needs to know, avoiding eye contact with Angelina Jolie is the new tiny hat for <laughs> Forever 21. It's basically the, the secondary theme for great. Forever 21. It's great. It's like, no, no time, it's great. zero time. Love it. And she was probably so intrigued. I'm sure. Just looking, she's like, doesn't he want a vial of my blood on him? <laughs> okay, so it's the fucking holidays. I've been noticing that we don't want to stay on our diet, (laughs) do we? It Um, was good for a little bit and it was like going really good. Yeah. And then... um, I'm telling you, it's the holidays. It's like, mm. fuck it. There's treats everywhere. There's the the desire to make the treats. You know how we love wild bars? Love. My plan is to... Try and do the intermittent fasting. Yes. Like not have any treats. Fuck breakfast. We don't even fuck with that anyway. Nope. But not have like some kind of like amazing lunch. <laughs> nice. Like just push it through. Have a wild bar around two. Yes. And this is after having however many 19,000 cups of coffee <laughs> anyone's going to have. And uh-huh. then early dinner. And I don't care if it's Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, Hanukkah dinner, mm-hmm. I don't care what dinner it is Mm -hmm. having that shit at like five
0: yeah because it really is it has truly
2: worked for me to not eat at night well the only thing that can ever get anyone through till dinner is the wild bar it's 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 a fact it's a miracle it should be called the
0: miracle wild bar
2: We know Sharon Houston, our friend, (laughs) Mm -hmm. freaking ordered them. Sharon's going to do this shit with us through the holidays. (laughs) The guy, the dude, I don't know, whoever made these, it's like his whole thing is that he wanted to make a bar that had less than 10 ingredients Mm. and more than 10 grams of protein. And he wanted you to be able to see, like, oh, look, there's a nut and you can you go those are the seeds there's the whatever the sweet thing the blueberry the
0: yeah. pineapple the strawberry the whatever um, those are detoxifying you it's so good i love them i love them i love them and it does help and they are filling and it is nutty seedy fruity delicious you
2: chew it you're you Ugh. get tired chewing you get the feeling that you ate you're full that's, that you and ate that's something my, real and that's my favorite thing yeah i
0: need to have something where i'm chewing it like I a despise caveman.
2: those fucking chocolate protein bars. They're all powdery and weird. And it's like, yes. what is this?
0: Yeah, it's got that weird flavor. Yeah. And it's like all like a nougat. But it's like a weird nougat. But this is delicious. It's so
2: good. I got it, like I said, at like some kind of fucking CrossFit gym. <laughs> I mean, it's as if somebody who cares about you made this in their oven.
0: Yes, that's exa- you're exactly right.
2: It's like your mom.
0: Need yeah. you snacks for the week for you to be able right. to, to have like or it's almost like a meal. It can be a meal replacement, too. That's, what's so That's great what about we're them. doing. Exactly. So for if it, you are trying to diet or lose weight or tone up or whatever it is, these bars are phenomenal. They really, truly, truly, truly are. And it makes you feel like like you're doing it, too. You know what I mean? Oh, like like
2: you're doing life. You know what? I'm doing me. I'm doing life. Fuck you, Jack in the Box. Don't try to come in my eyes. I'm not having a Ziploc baggie filled with nuts. No. That is that is some nineties technology. (laughs) Take your fucking bag of nuts. Even take your prepackaged Trader Joe's bag of cashews and whatever and almonds. No. This is all of it. It's all of it. All of it. You can have it after working out. You can have it before
0: working out. That is the great thing. Sometimes I'm before I work out, I'm like I wanna eat, but I shouldn't and if I do then I won't work out. But if you eat a wild bar, you can eat it and then work out.
2: Yeah, eat half, save the other half. So you can be like, I can get a treat right when I'm done. All I have to do is do this and I can get the other half of my bar.
0: So if you want to go on a wild bar journey and you have to, go to wildbar.co that's wildbar.co and enter promo code DUMBGAY15 at checkout and you're gonna get 15% off your entire order. You have got to do it. Once again, that's wildbar.co.co, enter promo code DUMBGAY15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. All right, now it's time to find out what's doing with JoJo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine,
3: and. ...on your heels, cause I know exactly what we need. JoJo and Kiki I
1: wanna have a Kiki Lock the door. Hey. JoJo and Kiki
4: I'm gonna let you have it JoJo and Kiki I wanna have a Kiki Die, turn, work JoJo and Kiki We are gonna serve and work and turn and
2: hunt, hunt, honey
0: Alright, so the inauguration is a month away. This week, while JoJo and Kiki were busy putting their administration together, Trump was busy sucking every last dollar out of his followers and pretending to sue states over the election. But on Friday, something miraculous, yet predictable, happened when the Supreme Court rejected his final attempt at overturning the election, effectively shutting the book on the final chapter of his crappy one-term presidency.
2: That's right. And then, on Monday, the Electoral College officially cast their votes in every state, and just like that, the 2020 election (sighs) was finally fucking over yes and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris went back to the business at hand Building the best fucking administration that anyone's ever seen, which shouldn't be hard since it will also be, meow meow, the only administration that any of us have ever really paid attention to. Besides Trump's, right? That's correct.
0: (laughs) That is so true. But after the trauma of living through all of Trump's horrendous nominees and living through them getting arrested or getting fired and then getting replaced with a new criminal, reading about Joe Biden's administration feels like researching the Olympic team of government. They clearly took a few notes from the Republican weasel factory, thank God, and they are strategically placing people who may not get votes in the Senate in positions that don't require a vote a la Michael Flynn as National Security Advisor.
2: Exactly, and after Michael Flynn got arrested for lying to the FBI about being a treasonous sellout pussy, I'm quite sure they should have gone ahead and made National Security Advisor a position that needs congressional approval. But they didn't, and it doesn't matter anyway, because as we know from Trump, Congress can approve or not approve people all day long, but once they're in office, Biden can just fire them and appoint a temporary acting (laughs) replacement. And that person can just stay there indefinitely, regardless of Congress. Mm. At this point, more than 50% of Trump's entire fucking staff is temporary. That is so true. That is
0: so true. God. And the Republicans in Congress can fuck off if they try and cock block these people. They are the goddamn Olympic team of government.
2: They really are. So let's go through them.
0: Okay. So JoJo and Kiki picked Marsha Fudge to the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Marsha Fudge is a congresswoman and former mayor of the Warrensville Heights District in Ohio, which is right outside of Cleveland and apparently was hit hard by the housing crisis. As mayor, she learned the intricacies of the housing policy on a micro level, and that is invaluable, okay? Okay. She'll be the first black woman to serve as the secretary of housing and urban development and the first woman to hold the position in over 40 years. I mean,
2: and real quick, people underestimate how important and impactful the Department of Housing and Urban Development could be in the right hands. Mm -hmm. The point of the entire department is, quote, to create strong, sustainable, inclusive communities and quality, affordable homes for all. That's literally the mission statement. So I'm excited about Marsha Fudge.
0: Here's what Biden said about her. Quote, she spent the past decade working to improve blighted neighborhoods and create safer, more affordable communities. She also understands how where we live impacts our health, our access to education and our jobs and economic opportunity. Our zip code should not be determining the outcome on all those issues, end quote. Yes.
2: Marsha is going to be a shining star over the next four years. The housing crisis we had before ain't got nothing on this pandemic, and we all have to stay present to it. We're actually going to have a guest in a few weeks who works at a nonprofit for affordable housing, and he will be the first of many experts that we have on this issue because it's a big fucking deal, and no one, including us, wants to deal with it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, well, for the head of the agriculture department, JoJo and Kiki picked Tom Vilsack. I don't know what these names. Like, I did, did he nominate all drag queens? You know what I mean? <laughs> like Fudge, Vilsack, Balsack. Tom Vilsack was Obama's secretary of agriculture. So while we're bummed that he's white and he's a man, we got to at least assume he knows what he's doing.
2: And that is what we're gonna do because we didn't bother looking up anything else about him. <laughs> um, if he was good enough for Obama, he's good enough for us, right? Mm, that is
0: correct. So then for Secretary of Defense, they picked General Lloyd J. Austin, the third. (laughs) General Austin is 67 and has only been retired from the military for four years. This matters because there's some rule that only civilians can be the head of the Defense Department, and Lloyd Austin hasn't been retired long enough to be considered a civilian.
2: Who cares? No one, actually. But the Republicans in Congress are looking for any reason to vote down Biden's cabinet picks. So any little issue like this gets magnified because Congress is so fucking vindictive and competitive. It probably won't matter, though, because this guy is... A decorated and respected general And if he's approved he will make history As the first black man to head up the defense Department Mm, which is so fucking Cool yeah
0: and for the position of Trade representative which again Who knew this was even a thing and who cared No one Uh, until Trump started a trade war with China And then they retaliated by Coronavirusing us all so the Position of trade representative suddenly got Real crucial and the person that Jojo and Kiki chose to answer this call Is Catherine
2: Tai So Catherine Tai, is a motherfucking boss who has zero fucks to give China. (laughs) She worked as chief counsel in the trade representative's office under Obama, where she was literally in charge of enforcing Chinese trade agreements. Mm. Her parents are from China, but they left and moved to Taiwan before ultimately coming to the United States and then having her. So they know And she knows, and it cannot be overstated how valuable her intimacy with the situation Mm -hmm, is. mm -hmm. I think she's going to be fucking awesome, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does globally with her position. I honestly hope we hear from Catherine Tai, like, a lot.
0: The Associated Press said that she is a, quote, problem-solving pragmatist on trade policy, end quote. And that's exactly what we fucking need. And you're right, her intimate relationship there's nothing like having that intimate relationship with the thing that you're dealing with to know what's wrong with it and try and go right. and try and fix it. And no one f- knows better than people from Taiwan.
2: Yeah, exactly. I That's mean, exactly true. So it's like Betsy DeVos coming in trying to head the Department of Education. Like, you're a billionaire. What are
3: you right, doing here? Right. You
0: don't even go here. No, you know nothing about it. You're not even in education. No, nothing, not about even in nothing about it. Not even in it at all. Nope. Ugh. So, the last but not least of the illustrious nominees... Is Susan Freakin Rice As the director of domestic policy Fuck yeah So people may remember Susan Rice As one of Biden's top choices for vice president She was Obama's national security advisor So Joe Biden got to know her very well during that time And is on record calling her a friend
2: Oh, my God. We love Susan Rice, okay? She's so sexy, major WAP energy Mm -hmm. that is so soothing, soothing WAP. Yeah. She has this calm and steady presence that really just makes it seem like she's got everything under control, Mm -hmm. which made her perfect for national security advisor and perfect for director of domestic (laughs) policy. that's, That's right.
0: So this is one of the positions that we talked about earlier that does not have to be voted on by Congress. Republicans demonized Susan Rice because as Obama's national security advisor, she was involved in...
2: Benghazi. (laughs)
0: Snooze, snooze. And Republicans are like a dog with a bone, The stupid fucking Benghazi. That's another story for another day. But compared to the way Trump has handled our military that has been killed, Benghazi was nothing. And it was
2: a thing that happened about four soldiers that were killed in Benghazi. There's literally four soldiers that die every other day in every other place Mm -hmm. on Trump's watch, Mm -hmm. and nothing is said. And Susan Rice did nothing wrong, and that has been proven for a fact, and she's So incredibly smart and talented that, of course, Biden wanted her to have a super high-profile role in his administration where she could really affect policy and help him, like Secretary of State, which incidentally was what he wanted to give her. But he knew that the Republicans would make her life a living hell in the Senate confirmation hearings, so he was limited to only appointing her to a position where they have no control. So, ultimately, his team chose her as the director of domestic policy, which did shock some people because... They want to say that her expertise lies in foreign policy, to which we say, fuck foreign (laughs) policy. We need our best players on offense, not defense. We need to score some goddamn points this season. If Kamala Harris is LeBron James and Susan Rice is Anthony Davis, and we're about to win this fucking championship. Right. It's all
0: connected. Someone working on the transition team said that Biden does not see foreign, economic, and domestic policy as separate entities, and that he specifically chose Susan Rice because of her deep experience in crisis management and interagency processes. Ooh! Exactly. I think I got turned on. Yeah. And when he nominated her, he said she's going to play a large role in implementing his Build Back Better agenda, which includes a wide ranging set of policy proposals that will invest trillions of dollars in American infrastructure, manufacturing, clean energy, caregiving, education and racial equity. Bam.
2: Bam. She's fucking dope. And we are beyond excited for her and for his entire cabinet, in fact. Now. You might think we're just drinking the Kool-Aid, but we don't care. And you know what? We aren't drinking the fucking Mm Kool-Aid. We haven't even decided if we like Anthony Blinken, (laughs) his Secretary of State, or Jake Sullivan, his National Security Advisor. But we already knew that we liked John Kerry before he made him his key climate guy, and we already loved Susan Rice, period. She's hot and lezzy and smart, like (laughs) your favorite AP calculus teacher who is also the girl's softball coach. (laughs) That is the vibe she gives me. I'm like, that's my favorite teacher who's also like the soccer coach but I'm not even on the soccer team right. but I just like her from my class totally <laughs> and, and, you're I, not, and you're not in AP calculus but you no. but you're on the soccer team but right. Uh, right I'm the I'm, <laughs> I'm like my soccer coach does AP
0: calculus which I'll never even see the room of <laughs> and I love that Jojo and Kiki appointed her and there's nothing Mitch McConnell and his Senate trolls can do about it so here she is in her speech accepting the nomination listing the priorities
1: of Biden's build back better agenda but we are here to get hard stuff done. Our top priorities will be to help end the pandemic and revitalize the economy so that it delivers for all, to bring dignity and humanity to our broken immigration system, to advance racial equity, justice, and civil rights for all, to ensure that healthcare is accessible and affordable and to educate and train Americans to compete and thrive you can in me. the 21st century. <laughs> I <laughs> profoundly believe that we all rise or fall together. So, Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, Ugh. I promise you, <laughs> I will do everything I can to help this country I love to build back better. To make our government deliver for all Americans, and for working families, and to bring the American dream far closer to reality for all.
0: Okay, now we get to go to skier and learn something. Oh. time for Brandy and I to ride our tiny bicicletta to skier.
2: This is our segment called Time for Skew, where a live person teaches us something. And today, we are going to learn everything we can in 30 minutes about climate reform. And we are going to learn a lot because our quarantine professor for the day is environmental superhero Bill McKibben.
0: For anyone not familiar with Bill McKibben, he's a huge activist who literally wrote the book on fucking climate change. And I mean that literally. In 1989, he wrote the first book about global warming. How crazy is that? And you know Al Gore read that shit. And (laughs) since then, he's written like 900 more books, started a full nonprofit dedicated to fighting the fossil fuel industry, and become one of the foremost thought leaders on the climate crisis.
2: Oh my god, this guy is so deep in the green game, we don't even know where to begin. We've heard his name for years, but we didn't really get obsessed with him until this past May when one night while we were locked in quarantine and drunk and high, we came across an article he had written for Rolling Stone where he was annihilating stupid fucking Michael Moore in a stupid fucking fake environment propaganda movie, a.k.a. his YouTube video. Now,
0: full disclosure. Here at Dumb Gay Politics, Brandy and I hate a lot of people, but Michael Moore is definitely one of the top 10 people we hate the most. He is a shit-stirring, down-punching, money-grubbing corporate sellout, and the fact that Bill McKibben had to write an article in Rolling Stone to deal with the damage that that corporate cum-guzzler did to the environmental movement with his movie is complete and utter bullshit.
2: It sure is, and that's the story of how our hatred for Michael Moore led us to our love for Bill McKibben. He's a mensch and a mentor and our teacher for the day, so without further ado, it's time for Climate Reform Skew with Bill McKibben. Hello,
0: Bill McKibben. Hi,
2: Bill. Well, hello,
0: you two. What a pleasure <laughs> to be with you. Thank you.
2: Thank you for being here. Yeah. I just want to warn you that this is more like remedial climate school, <laughs> okay? So we're, we're going to be very basic. Yeah. And our first question is about how long do we have before we're all starring in Water World
3: 2? Well, I mean, there's actually, I mean, it's actually a really good question. Oh. And the answer is, in a sense, we don't completely know. Uh, this is an experiment we haven't done before. Um, it's an experiment pumping a lot of CO2 in the atmosphere that the planet's carried out four or five times over the last few hundred million years but we haven't been around for the previous episodes. And the times we've done it before, it's ended very badly. The oceans have gone up dozens of meters, so on and so forth. So the, the question of how long is a very fair one. Um, you know, when I wrote the first book about all this in 1989, and I was at the time, I'll hasten to add 27, so I'm not quite as ancient as that makes me <laughs> sound. Um, although fairly ancient um the um the you know we thought the best science thought that we probably wouldn't be until later in this century that the effects would be hitting us full on and that's because scientists are conservative you know by nature they underestimate rather than overestimate and in this case they really did uh because the effects that we're seeing now are the things that they thought would come in 2070 2080 This year's a good example. I mean, look at 2020, which has been uh, wonderful. A, a <laughs> not good year in a lot of ways. Oh, it's just but been a dream,
0: a dream. Let's, let's pretend
3: let's pretend for a moment that there was no pandemics, mm. no masks, mm-hmm. no, you know, knuckleheads going off to, you know, have motorcycle rallies in the Dakotas in the middle of pandemics mm-hmm. without masks. Let's pretend that Donald Trump was, we hadn't heard of him, on and on and on. 2020 still would have been a tough year. It began in January with uh, huge fires in Australia, bigger fires than we've ever seen. The guess now is that 3 billion animals were killed in the woods Uh in the course of those few weeks. And fire has gone on, uh, uh, just we've had a kind of, arson blaze, you know, spree around the world ever since. Siberia, which normally should be pretty free of fires because it's very cold and and far north, has had huge blazes the last few years, but this year was by far the worst. And the scary thing is that those blazes had begun by the end of the year to be burning into the peat lands that are huge, huge part of the northern forest, and they contain immense amounts of carbon. So you're getting these feedback Uh loops Now, the same kind of feedback loops were coming from the fires in California, where you all are. I mean, you know that you had to, you know, governor saying, go inside your house and, you know, stay inside. Don't breathe this stuff for obvious reasons, which is the the you know worst thing about it. But the second worst is even as it was burning, it was pouring more carbon into the atmosphere. So all the good, all the reduction in carbon emissions that we got from not driving or flying because of the pandemic, all of that was canceled out by the carbon that came just from burning the forest in California. Then, after the big fires in California, a huge part of South America caught on fire. There's an area down there called the Pantanal uh, that stretches across Brazil, and Argentina, and into Uruguay, That's the biggest wetland on planet Earth, and about 25% of the biggest wetland on the planet burned. If, so think about that for wow. a minute. Meanwhile, you know, we had 30 storms in the Atlantic this year, named storms. That's more than we've ever had before. We got deep into the Greek alphabet because we ran out of normal alphabet, and the last two storms of the year Ada and Iota uh, crashed into the same part of Central America 10 days apart. They literally came ashore within about 15 miles of each other. So when they came ashore, they did, and this goes to your question of water world, I mean, they did insane levels of damage. The answer is some parts of the world were living in water world already.
2: Who are the biggest offenders?
3: Well, the biggest offenders by far are, I mean, the U.S. has poured more carbon into the atmosphere than any other country by far. China now each year takes the record, as one would expect, since it has by far the most people on the planet. Uh, But what's more interesting is who within these countries. So there was new research this year showing that the top 10% of human beings in economic terms which equates to anyone who makes more than about 38 grand a year. Whoa. They've contributed about half of the carbon that's in the atmosphere, people in that top 10%. The top 1% of people, economically, have contributed more than the bottom 50% of humans taken together. Oh my Because, you know, you get out to most of the world and nobody's burning any fossil fuel. Uh, You know, I've spent a lot of time in, Bangladesh or rural Africa or parts of India. I mean, you can go days without, you know, people don't have cars. We say that climate change is caused by people and it definitely is caused by people, but it's not caused by all people. It's caused by some people.
2: So. Is it possible, since you said we're sort of living in water worlds in some areas already, is it possible for, say, Asia, since that's where China is and India, and also not where we live, that's what the important part is, (laughs) um, is it possible for like a catastrophic incident to happen? Shit hits the fan there, but we're here in America and we're fine.
3: You may have noticed (laughs) there in Los Angeles that every few weeks they stick up red flag warnings and tell everybody to start watching out because, you know, all the canyons around you are are going to catch on fire. <laughs> and then they do, you know, time and time again. Can um, I just
0: ask and- you quickly, how do those fires, unless a person is smoking, arson, whatever, how does it just start? How does it, how does it well, just so start? So that's a really
3: good question. So a lot of them start because uh, your local utility, PG&E, as wires going everywhere. Mother. And actually when they, they get super hot, those wires droop more mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they come in contact with them. But you know what? It doesn't take very much to start a fire. Uh, people start them all the time because they're mowing lawns and they the lawnmower hits a rock. Uh, there was a couple of fires started a few years ago. There's big fire someplace in California started by someone who was playing golf and you know, his nine iron hit a rock as he was, you know, coming out of a bunker or something, and the spark was enough to set off a conflagration. It gets, here's the thing to understand. It gets wicked hot now. California oh. this summer saw the highest temperature ever reliably recorded on planet Earth. It was 130 degrees in Firmish Street. Do remember
0: I right do I remember, believe me. It's I do hot remember. here, it's Christmas time. <laughs> it's wicked
3: hot. Well, it gets that hot, right? Yeah. Things dry out super fast. A few days, of really hot temperature like <sighs> that. And just think of everything around you, not as shrubs and grasses. Think of it as kindling. You yeah. Know,
2: I mean, they can never grass. start the damn fires on Naked and Afraid. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I
3: actually knew somebody who was on that <laughs> show and oh. they, uh, and, and they had a hard time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they were off, but that's, that's why, you know, that's why a rainforest is a good thing. Since I'm, since my job is to bum you out, I (laughs) will tell you that that the -hmm. world's biggest rainforest, the Amazon, um, we've lost now something closing in on 20% of the forest cover there. And I was just writing a story this week for the New Yorker about the fact that uh, the scientists think that once you're up above 20%, there's some chance that the whole rainforest thing will just end that it will it'll kind of reach out uh, wow. because you need a lot of forest to continue processing the moisture that keeps the whole forest at some point it just reverts to savanna, and that part may not be that far off
2: have you turned all your friends and family into like alcoholics or <laughs> who do you talk to about this stuff this Are was you- a
3: super problem for a long time and i'm not kidding um you know for 10 or 15 years after i wrote the end of nature there weren't that many other people, there weren't enough other people who were paying attention to all of this. There was, a, you know, if there was a big article written someplace in America about climate change, there was a roughly 70% chance it was written by me. Mm-hmm. So that was bad <laughs> in part because we need lots of voices and in part because I've started to feel like, have you ever had one of those nightmares where you can, something horrible is coming some monster or something but you can't no one you can't get the words out or no one will turn around to look at it or you're just yeah. you know it's happening but everybody else is just well that's what it felt like for a while it doesn't feel like that anymore because there's yeah. now this huge movement that's risen up all over the world i've tried to play my part in helping build that movement and one, i think one of the reasons i wanted to do it not the main one but one was to kind of um have other people not be alone. Be yeah. Too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I always compare it to people who have been, you know, abducted by aliens. I feel sorry for those people because they're like, I swear to God and everyone's like, okay, no one believes them. They're stuck alone and that
3: Well, in and the, that's it, why they go to yeah. conventions of other <laughs> right. you know abductees.
2: Now, are you saying that like the, the biggest issue happening is carbon emissions into the atmosphere? That's the thing.
3: This is the biggest thing humans have ever done by far. Each day, the amount of extra heat that we trap near the planet from the carbon that we've put there by burning coal and gas and oil, each day that traps the heat equivalent of about 400,000 Hiroshima-sized bombs. That's why we've been able to melt most of the ice in the Arctic. If you think about it, the Arctic is covered by You know, thousands of miles of meters thick ice that's been there for millennia. Uh, That should be hard to melt, right? Yeah. Um, It should take a lot of energy. Well, we put a lot of energy in this system. Well,
2: that was why when we took a Hiroshima cruise, to Alaska, <laughs> there was no glaciers there for us to see. Yeah,
0: we then that was that was quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, and yet still yeah. it was. Pff, uh, we want to let you know that there used to be a glacier here, uh, <laughs> right. and now it's no longer, and we can go ahead and stand on it. Yeah, and, all you assholes uh, yeah. this
3: boat. <laughs> it's also in, this boat. I was up on the huge ice sheet in Greenland. A couple of Mm -hmm. years ago, Mm -hmm. doing a project and some people, and it was you could just stand there and watch big chunks of it fall off. God. And when you look around, so you look around this huge ice sheet at Greenland, which now has begun to melt in a way that I don't think any scientist thinks will really slow down too much. When it's done melting, the oceans around the world will be 20 feet higher just from Greenland. That'll take a while, (sighs) but I mean, in the course of this century, go look at the beaches. I mean, what's California has you know one of the things about California that's so interesting, right, is that it was always everybody's kind of idea of, you know, the most chill, relaxed, idyllic place on the planet where everybody was going to go. I mean, think about the beaches, you know, at at Manhattan Beach or Hermosa Beach, they, you know, slope in at like maybe one percent off the ocean, right? Yeah. If you raise the ocean uh, a foot, that means that the water comes in about 90 feet, right? Um, Because, they're sloping in at one degree. Uh, the computer modeling shows that there aren't really beaches left in California by the latter part of the century. Wow. The big snowpack up in the Sierras that keeps everybody watered all year round, you know, in California, that's not there either. So, um, you know, it breaks my heart because California's is incredibly great. It feels so
2: bad for all the people that are going to lose their I know. multi-million dollar beachfront <laughs> property bill. <laughs> but but also, also, it's like keeping me up at night.
3: Climate change is just a math problem, right, at some level. So here's the math. I mean, so far we've raised the temperature of the planet 1 degree Celsius, 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit. That's caused all the damage that we're talking about so far. That you know, That's all it took to knock the planet off kilter in a big way. But On our current trajectory, you know, with all the things that, you know, all the fossil fuel companies have mapped out all the places they're going to drill and mine and all the stuff they're going to sell for us to burn. If they carry through all that, the temperature goes up three and a half degrees Celsius. So three or three, get like three times as much as so far. And the damage won't go up three times it'll, I mean, it's not linear. It's going to be exponential because you keep going past these tipping points. So that's what I spend my life, you know, ending up in jail, trying to stop fossil fuel companies from building new pipelines or trying to stop banks from giving them more money or, you know, all that kind of stuff, because we've got to slow them down. We're already in huge trouble and we just cannot take more of this.
2: What about factory farming?
3: So that's a big part too. We think that farming accounts for the best guess is about 18 percent of uh, greenhouse gas emissions around the world most of that related to livestock partly because you cut down rainforests to more cattle and partly because cows are out there belching all the time and producing (laughs) a lot of methane and partly because you got to grow so much corn in order to feed them and so on and so forth so you can eat lower on the food chain which definitely helps and so on but and i mean here's the hard part the scientists have told us, there's something called the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is just a collection of the world's climate scientists. They issued their last report in 2018, and they said that if we hadn't made fundamental transformations by 2030, which they defined as cutting emissions in half by 2030, then we would never be able to meet the climate targets we set in Paris just five years ago. So, the reason i bring it up is if we have to make that much change that fast it's i mean you can't make the math work one vegan dinner at a time right one at a time whatever Or one
0: country right like because if we america can't do it that's true china doesn't do it if
3: india doesn't do it if that's why we build global (laughs) movements i mean 350.org has organized demonstrations in every country on earth except north korea and (laughs) The thing is, the most important thing an individual can do is be a little bit less of an individual, join together with others in movements that are big enough to matter, because otherwise we're not going to get there. We may not get there anyway. I mean, the most important things that we have to cut out are coal and gas and oil. Um, And happily, they're now should be relatively easy to cut out. 20 or 30 years ago, we thought, what on earth are we going to replace coal and gas and oil with? Because the alternatives, renewable energy is really expensive. How are we going to do this? But happily, and this is something, you know, kind of principle I try to bear in mind. I mean, humans are really good at technical stuff, at things that require engineering and ingenuity. We're great at so those folks have gone to work. The price of a solar panel is a tenth what it was a decade ago. Mm. This is now the cheapest way to generate power any place on the planet. Uh, uh, You know, there's just no cheaper way than with the wind or sun. So we should be able, if we wanted to, to move quite rapidly to start replacing coal and gas and oil. The problem is that good as humans are at that kind of stuff, that's how bad we are at change that requires anybody losing money making less money losing money yeah (laughs) right and in this case it's not like it's not like the it's not like all of us necessarily have to make huge sacrifices like you don't care if the power that powers your you know headphones is coming from a coal-fired power plant or from a solar panel it's all the same to you but if you own a oil company then you care like hell and so you know what we've learned is that over the last 30 years and we've learned it from great investigative reporting that the fossil fuel companies knew everything there was to know about climate change back when i was writing my book but instead of fessing up and getting on with the task of changing they spent 30 they went and hired the same guys who used to work for the tobacco industry and they pulled the same scam like we don't know if it's real it could you know and in the meantime just keep smoking so now we're, you know, now we're in a tough place the, because of their political influence and power. They've slowed us down enormously. The reason is because, you know, if you're Exxon, uh, solar panel is the dumbest thing in the world. we um, <laughs> right. used to a business model where, you know, you have to write them a check every month for right. your next load of energy. They look at a solar panel and it's like, You know, you mean the sun comes up in the morning and you get the energy for free? What kind of business plan is that, you know? And so they immediately deploy all the congressmen that are in their, you know, pockets, right. And ready to go.
0: Now, where do you stand on the Green New Deal, speaking of?
3: I think it's great. The, uh, The people who thought up the Green New Deal, you know, one of the things that I sort of helped start was this massive divestment campaign to get institutions universities and things to sell their uh holdings in fossil fuel companies in fact the la city council just last week mm. uh, announced they were divested one of the best <laughs> one of the many good results of this big divestment campaign which now is at about 15 trillion dollars worth of endowments and portfolios that have divested
2: you got oxford is, right which is like yeah, the oxford best in school
3: in the whole world Exactly. Well we got the whole UC system. We got you know oh. everybody. But the oh. kids who did this when they were in college graduated from college and went on to form this thing called the summarize movement. Oh, That's yeah. where the Green New Deal came from. Right. Okay. And and they're the ones who rounded up AOC to kind of, you know, get it going. Um and they're fantastic. And the Green New Deal is I mean, it's another word for it would be common sense, you know. <laughs> Um, let's let's stop burning stuff that destroys the planet and, and let's make sure that we, you know, take care of the people who through no fault of their own were mining coal or drilling for oil or whatever, the workers, so that they don't get screwed in the process. And let's do this fast before it wrecks everything. And truthfully, we still have, you know, I mean, if we were behaving rationally, we're in a huge economic hole now thanks to the pandemic largely thanks to the fact that our country has been run by well by Cretans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cretans.
0: And great we one. Oh a, god they did a
3: bad job of di- but at any rate we're now in a huge economic hole sort of like the great depression mm. well what did we call the thing that we used to get out of the great depression suicide the new deal
2: <laughs> oh the new deal <laughs> and, yeah
3: and, and, <laughs> So now, now that we're in the next one, we, uh, suicide is definitely an option. Time, you know? And at the moment, collective suicide is sort of what we're choosing. We could choose the Green New Deal instead. Yeah. And, and we have so many people right now who need a job, you know, mm-hmm. a good job would be retrofitting buildings.
2: Really quick, what are your, what do you think about John Kerry being appointed as the presidential envoy on climate? And what does that even mean?
3: Well, I, I'm not, I mean, I think it means that he's going to be the guy who's off around the world trying to get other people, other countries fully engaged. And I think he'll be good at this because he was the Secretary of State and he has that thing, you know, that uh, gravitas that you know, statesmen <laughs> develop. So they'll, but let me tell you, you want to hear a story about John Kerry? Just, this is interesting. Yes. So then this is a story about Lexington. Oh, so when, when I was 10 in Lexington, which is Lexington, Brandy. the main feature of Lexington is the Battle Green, where the uh, first battle of the American Revolution took place. Believe course. me, I to, <laughs> I, she's told me all about it. When I was in high school, I, 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 I was a tour guide. I wore a Tricorn hat no. and took people around the green. Yeah. Love that. I oh,
0: God, I love
3: it. <laughs> but at any rate, when I was 10, at the height of the Vietnam War, John Kerry, was the very youthful and handsome leader of what was called Vietnam Veterans Against the War. Mm. He'd come back from Vietnam wow. disgruntled and, and, you know, and, and was trying to bring the war to an end. In fact, he famously said before Congress, in some testimony, said, how do you ask a person to be the last person to die for a mistake, which was a good line. But in Lexington, they, the Vietnam Veterans Against the War came and camped one night on the battleground. And they'd asked permission from the town fathers, who of course told them no. And so they moved in to arrest them. And when they moved in to arrest them, four or five hundred just normal people from the town, including my father, who was a business reporter for the Boston Globe, went and got arrested with them. Mm. Um, which, very uncharacteristic for him, you know. And so all my life, I've had a uh, soft spot for John Kerry and I think of him more as a kind of youthful, radical than a uh, aging statesman.
2: He's got some touch-up work done on his face. And he's looking <laughs> a lot more youthful, Bill. He's really looking and, good yeah. right now. Yeah. I'll know. pass that yeah. along. Yeah. Pass that yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, What
0: can we, each person, the general public, do to continue to make progress?
3: Go sign up at the Sunrise Movement or... 350.org or any of the other group. you know there's four or five groups now that are just full-on fighting around about climate change trying to get something done and that's that's what it's going to take as individuals we really aren't able to do much my house is covered with solar panels so i'm proud of that but i don't try to fool myself that that's how we're going to do this um, we're going to do it by changing political and economic systems if we're able to, and that takes lots of us working together. Does so, it need to
2: be the government's top priority? Is it that code red?
3: It needs to be government's top priority, but we also need to remember that the government's not the only power in town, you know. Governments move slowly. You know, I started the year getting arrested at the lobby of the Chase Bank nearest the Capitol in Washington, with Jane Fonda on the other side of the window <laughs> egging us on. Um, because Chase Bank, for instance, like Bank of America and Wells Fargo and, and Citibank, are the biggest lenders to the fossil fuel industry. Chase Bank lent a quarter trillion dollars to the fossil fuel industry in the years since the Paris Climate Accord. They didn't need Donald Trump to sabotage it. They were doing it themselves. We need to lean hard on these guys, and we we can. You know, uh, Six weeks ago, after all this pressure, Chase Bank announced that from here on, their lending would be Paris aligned, which is an airy phrase that it'll probably take more people going to jail to kind of clearly define and sort out. But it's a it's a sign that these guys are more worried about, in a certain way, about our actions than than the government is.
2: Thank Good you advice. so much. Um, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you. We urge you guys to read the article in Rolling Stone yeah. about Michael, Dick Bagmore, <laughs> and all of, of Bill McKibben's you have so much writing, so many yeah. books. Where, yeah. But if they want to immediately I, reach out to you on social media. If you want really to just
3: keep track of where things are at the moment on this climate stuff, I, try, I write a weekly free climate newsletter for the New Yorker magazine.
2: You don't do any social media or?
3: The only one I do is on Twitter. And I'm just Bill McKibben on Twitter. And I do my best to stay out of all the fighting and things. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm aware that I'm an awful lot of the time depressing so <laughs> there's just that to bear in mind yeah. you know
2: listen well, we're gonna our well, 14 listeners will be be on there ready to have you depress them
3: right. but also
2: inspiring yeah. and thank
0: you for the work that you do we really 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 appreciate you we really do
2: thank,
3: thank- you back at you guys god bless thank Bye.
2: you now it's time for so there's that So this is the part of the show where Julie has to find us. So there's that moment that's happening Because of or in spite of the rotted pile Of racist Facebook garbage that this country Has become she's always hated doing it Because it's super fucking hard But there's only two weeks left of money 20 And we really need to get our attitudes right So we can start forever 21 with a bang Mm -hmm. And that's why we need you To find (laughs) us A silver lining To help usher in our New year's vibes Did you do it
0: okay so i know that the so there's that's the last year have been (laughs) wanting it's been hard it's been hard it's been hard and you know recently as far as and this week my god like as far as policy and politics and whatever you know we've got the supreme court rejecting trump and the republicans and they're upset and that's great you know and I enjoy seeing them scream and cry and lie and flail and spray their poo to the sky and not even Amy Corny or rape Kavanaugh and their law Bible is able to back them up. So that's been good. Yeah. i um, holding out hope that Trump and his entire family is going to go to some sort of prison or will be taken out by the Chinese or Russian or Iranian or Saudi Arabian or Israeli, quite frankly, <sighs> Netanyahu specifically, or any number of the organized crime syndicates that they've been running the country with. You know, who are meeting in star chambers to figure out how each of the Trumps will be poisoned and left on the side of the road. And then, of course, the collateral damage that will be planned is like the Republican senators who've been sucking on Trump's teat deak.
2: <laughs> order- hey, guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, guys, I've got a teat deek <laughs> for you in order to keep their power. So they'll be sent off on some sort of dinner cruise and get killed by killer eels or whatever. You know, there's just all good things to think about. Um, we've got the vaccine that's great yeah though I'm skeptical to be honest you know I yeah. just keep thinking of the Titanic
2: just the electoral college electoral college I mean, that's, that's good really, so there's that He's that is president now he
0: is president there's there there's just a lot of great there are cool things but they're big looking, big umbrella for things. a
2: minutia of a story a colonel to really
0: inspire us in our hearts. exactly now I really thought up until about two hours ago we we're gonna cancel so there's that and i had to go and google oh you were
2: going you were going to get me on the phone and be like can i, I, can't do it. I can i talk to you i, I can't need to talk it. to you about something and you yeah. like oh great yeah. Yeah. she has Corona <laughs> yeah. and then you were going to go i think we just got to finally retire the statement i think we need to put the baby to bed yeah. well you know what we're going to do it cuz you did the work uh-huh. but we'll put it to everyone for a vote just like we did for forever 21 <laughs> if you guys want to keep seeing <laughs> Ma be tortured Mm-hmm. I myself enjoy it I find it very enriching and rewarding for me <laughs> Then you, let us know if you feel like She's done enough work Four years of slogging through the Trump shit On his teet deep. <laughs> so we'll see everybody weighs in Memo, we'll well, see. We would never retire the segment Without letting the 14 listeners have true. their
0: say Well I will say this before you make your vote <laughs> um, I turned a, did a little pivot Maybe I could find a story about an individual Maybe I could just find someone doing something good. But you had is lots gonna... of
2: so there's that's like that. Are you getting you were getting bogged down and like needing like a greater meaning in it rather yeah. than a small. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Totally. Yeah, that's really what this segment should be. Right.
0: So <laughs> I just was there was no greater <laughs> meaning in anything. I like literally had to Google like good news for today? <laughs> Question mark. Anything good? And then started to look at, like, the Today Show. I started looking at old Today Show. Remember that guy who was the weather guy who did, like, and it's Gladys' 100th birthday, and she's on the Smuckers, and Smuckers says (laughs) happy birthday. Remember him? Yeah. So then I was like, well, yeah, I'll be like him.
2: (laughs) You'll be like, so "So there's that. Gladys is 100, (laughs) so there's that. But then, Tommy. That's right.
0: And then I did find a woman who turned, a woman got COVID in Arkansas. She's 106. She survived.
2: Wow, that's 106, great. Hundred
0: and six, okay? I was like, that's so great. That could be I was like, that's just not enough. No. Nope. And then I'm I read a story about a family who found gold uh coins. But in that their makes yard. me mad. <laughs> yeah. And I was I like, know. How dare they found fifteenth
2: century treasure
0: in their backyard? <laughs> and I just had to pull out a huge plant in mine and right. got dirt all over yeah, me.
2: Yeah, it was like a succulent. It was gross. Disgusting. It wasn't like a pretty one. It was disgusting. It was like a cactus. It was one. disgusting.
0: Well, looking, 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 finally I found him. Okay. Now better not have survived COVID. I don't know that he did or he didn't, okay. but I can tell you this. That's not what
2: the story's about. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, good.
0: You know, I there's nothing more I love than being I don't want to say proven wrong about men, but I would say shown. Men, men a different, surprising you. Men surprising right. You know what this this whole segment could be called Men Who Surprise Me.
2: Yes, that's the vote. Do you guys want to change <laughs> so there's that to men? Men surprising society by doing good things,
0: and when I find one, I really latch on, and I really find it to be just so shocking and yeah, amazing. I become
2: obsessed with that, and said I man. become obsessed. And then you need that said man to be gay, really, to really fulfill. <laughs> well, though
0: when they're straight, that's even more surprising. Yeah. So then it gets even better. Well, I found a gentleman named Sterling Davis. He's got a little splash going on right now because of what he does. So Sterling Davis um, A.K.A. the Trap King of Atlanta hot. Okay? right. Hot. This is what I read Atlanta resident Sterling Davis was on a break from a rap tour When he applied for a job at the county shelter Scooping kitty litter He just wanted to stay busy and make a little money Plus he's always loved animals Like his cat at the time Rick James
2: <laughs> Cute
0: I did horrible in the interview because they had cats in the room And I was playing with all the cats Kissing all the cats he told today Okay <laughs> Davis 40 started helping shelter employees with trap neuter return cases. The team would trap community cats, formerly called feral cats, bring so them to the shelter. So is he called the
2: trap king because he traps cats? I thought it was more like a rap situation.
0: He was a rapper <laughs> yeah, who but- stopped rapping so he could go
2: save cats. Okay? Okay. You understand what I'm saying? I do. But trap music is a type of music.
0: Oh, so then he I- must be playing on that and know that because I didn't know that. Oh,
2: OK. Well, I'm not sure now because he traps cats. And I thought it was the Trap King because of music.
0: Oh, well, he was a <laughs> rapper, but he's not doing that anymore because he's doing the thing with the cats. <laughs> OK,
2: so he's that <laughs> kind of trap. I was thinking, I think we would have heard of the Trap King of Atlanta. I didn't know that trap was a type of I music. I it now. It's all that's so funny. My he was a
0: marine. He was a rapper, but he always loved animals. And then he stopped doing f- fucking rapping and all of his shit. He stopped everything. He sold all of his shit. He bought an RV and now lives in the RV so he can save cats. When I tell you I cried for an hour to, about this guy, I could not fucking deal. And then go look at this guy. He's a big guy, like a big bald guy with a beard and <laughs> tattoos. And he's fucking sitting around kissing cats, okay? <laughs> Saving cats. I just think it's fucking awesome. I'm, uh, there's, there's just nothing like a large man who can't help but get on the ground and roll around with cats and give them kisses and cuddles he's a (laughs) testament to kindness and going against stereotypes and cliches that are wrapped around all of us like a swaddling blanket he's a true inspiration and shows you you can live your values and nothing including a pandemic needs to stand in your way i'm gonna let him say who he is and play this clip so that you can hear him
2: Good, because I need to know that he's real. Because when you're describing it, I think you might be getting trolled. (laughs) So let me hear this Trap King and make sure he exists.
5: People say cats don't have feelings and it's just a dumb animal. Every cat has a story and personality. I do treat it like that. I am Sterling Trap King Davis out of Atlanta. I'm getting kisses because I smell like apple. I'm the king of Trap Noodle return. This is the only humane alternative to death for straight cats. They travel them, to the shelter,
2: neuter them, then return then them, them to the outside?
5: Oh. And prevent from spreading diseases. Then the cats come back home. My love for animals run deep. I'm about headbutts and slow blinks.
0: Headbutts and slow blinks.
5: <laughs> I had a rough childhood of Aww. anybody that's been abused. You know, she you feel voiceless, I'm a voice for the voiceless. Bruh, we on the same team. Every day is a new opportunity. What I preach is, you don't lose cool points for compassion.
0: So there's that. that's
2: it for this episode of dumb gay pandemic politics thank you to the five people who are still listening right now (laughs) we want to urge all five of you to sign up for our patreon podcast if you haven't already our patreon podcasts are completely different than this there's no politics no ads no structure no rules and best of all no pressure to join the patreon so if you're someone who enjoys us but you'd rather not hear about politics then you have to check out our patreon podcast that's what it's there for
0: That is absolutely correct. Why are you wasting your time suffering through content that you don't love? Because it's free? Fuck that! Our Patreon is cheap. It's only $1 for one hour long podcast and $2 for two hour long podcast per week. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our whole back catalog, which is hundreds of hours of stress-free podcasts. And the satisfaction of knowing that your dollars aren't going to Jeff Bezos or the Netflix guy Your dollar is going directly to us. Literally. It's like you're supporting a small business, except technically we're not a small business. So it's more like helping two people pay their personal bills in a pandemic.
2: Exactly and if being pressured to give us Two dollars out of the kindness of your heart Isn't working then go to patreon.com Slash and just see If you like it there's a free one for you To try all you have to do is scroll down The locked podcast until you get to the ones From September and then look for the Episode called windows <laughs> up Sing time and then just press play That's all you have to do
0: and you can listen to the Whole hour long podcast for free right there On the patreon website you don't have To download anything or pay anything and If you decide to sign up you can always listen to to the podcast on patreon.com or you can download the patreon app for free and listen to the podcast there or if you listen to other podcasts like this one the easiest thing to do is to import our patreon podcast into itunes or pocket Cast or wherever you listen to your other podcasts it's super easy and fast just google how to do it
2: and as always it's been real and it's been fun but mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb and bill mckibben how'd
4: you do i How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem alright. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> The sweet, the sweet transvestite, from transsexual Transylvania. Transylvania. <laughs> so, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation.